Well, good morning, Identity Church. I'm going to go ahead and get us started because, you know, this is an eating Sunday. We have corned beef and, and all the fixings for St. Patrick's Day. You know, a lot of people go, oh, St. Patrick's Day, why would, you, why would you do something around St. Patrick? Well, you know, the man actually was the, the most prolific uh, evangelist to Ireland. I mean, how many people know that if you were kidnapped and you were brought to a particular place, that you probably wouldn't want to, to be, um, you know, evangelist to that area. But he did. And he got, he got thousands upon thousands of people saved. And so, you know, now in America, we, you know, we basically put green dye in all the rivers and in our beer. And that's what ends up happening, you know, for us to, to you know, basically celebrate St. Patrick. Um, but I, you know, today we're going to have some, we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fellowship after this. So, you know, I want to go ahead and get us started because this is something that's been on my heart. And this past week on, on Sunday, you know, I started seeing the need not only for myself to be believing for some stuff, because I'd mentioned this once before, the Lord had been putting on my heart that I needed to return back to what he had originally put in me. One of the first things that the Lord told me at 18 years old was Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. In fact, it was one of the, the verses that when my sister, when we moved into this building, she bought me the stencil, she put it over this doorway. You know that it was something that I said every day, three or four times a day. You know, when, when I had ADD and dyslexia and I wanted to do more than just you know, I, I was doing a manual labor job. There's nothing wrong with a manual labor job. But I, I felt like the Lord kept telling me that I could do something else. So I went into, I went into the computer field. Well, it took a lot because I had ADD and dyslexia. But do you know that I was in a, a service and a pastor, Pastor Jim McCann III, he started talking and one of the things that he said was I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Now, I don't even remember what he talked about. I don't know what the, the reason for the, the message is. I just remember that it became alive to me, that that word stood out. And it hit me in the face. It was like, it was like I actually, God wants me to do more. Now, how many people know that if I want to do more, that's not, that's not as good as if God wants me to do more. There's a little bit more motivation when God goes, hey, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. You can do something else. In fact, I'm going to give you another promise. That's what the Lord just kept telling me over and over again. And I couldn't see it at the time. But all I had was that word, I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. You know, one of the things that kept coming up was that every single day when I would get down, how many people know that when you don't see your vision, you feel down, right? I mean, how many people go, hey, I mean, I don't see it coming to pass. I don't see something happening. You, you feel down. You might feel depressed. Well, you know what happens is that you got to speak to yourself. You know, David was in the midst of one of the worst losses that he had ever had. He had a, he was fighting against the Philistines. 
they had completely decimated most of the armies. And his men were actually coming after him. They were wanting to kill him because they had taken all of their wives and children. You know what David did? He didn't go, Lord, just kill me. No, he went off by himself. And it says that he stirred himself up. You know what that means? How many people, how many people in here drink Kool-Aid? How many people in here, y'all mixed up Kool-Aid, you know? Well, you go mix up Kool-Aid and there's all that stuff at the bottom. It's the good stuff. It's the, it's the stuff that makes it extra good, you know? Well, you know, that's what happens to us. Is that we start settling. And when we start settling, guess what happens? All the good stuff gets on the bottom. And then we need to stir ourselves up. So we got to reach way down in there and we got to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of us. And we've got to get the good stuff up towards the top. Do you know that that's one of the things that the Lord kept telling me was that when I needed to, when I needed to stir myself up, I needed to speak up. I needed to say something. Do you know that whenever, whenever the Lord started working on me, he brought up some of these scriptures and go to the next slide we're still having technical difficulties i replaced the computer so i no longer have clicker i'm trying to fix that okay but um so one of the things that i'm going to bring up is that we need to ask we need to seek and we need to find now those are three different things all together you know when i ask for something i can go hey heather do you have my wallet in your purse well, then Heather has to go seek to see if it's in the purse. Well, then she's got to find it. There's three separate things that has to happen there. See, we tend to like the fast food version of all this stuff. We go to the, we go drive up to the drive through and we hear a bell just like the one that went off. And it goes, <laughs> and you go, what? And you just finally just go, I want a hamburger. You know what? I go around 30 seconds later, there's a hamburger on the other side. Well, I ask, I didn't even have to seek, and, and I found it when I got to the end of it, as long as my credit card worked. Do you know that, that we have a bad understanding of what asking, seeking, and finding is? You know that when I was a kid, we used to play hide and go seek. How many people played hide and go seek? You go play, kids don't do that anymore, but hardly. But you go play hide and go seek, and you actually had somebody that would hide. They weren't on their phone texting, but they would go hide somewhere. Well, all these kids are running around. They're trying to seek after the person that's hiding. Well, guess what? There's a finding. Sometimes if you played the hide-and-go-seek where you had to actually tag them, it became a lot harder if you were the fat boy, okay? Because you had to go run them down. Well, I got news for you. If I'm trying to run somebody as skinny as Caleb down, well, that's, that's a different thing altogether. So I had to find him. I had to, I had to acquire the person. Do you know that in every instance, in every place, when we... When we ask and we seek and we find there's a time element to this, we should get out of our, our modern day fast food, I got it off of Amazon, it came here the next day type of mentality. 
In fact, in Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 13, it says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. Man, those are some promises. So if I ask, it's going to be given unto me? If I seek, I'm going to find it? You know what? If I knock, the door will be open. That's a lot. That's a lot in that one statement. It says here, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. I've heard many people try to make this into allegories to a lot of different stuff. And I will tell you that I, I find a lot of allegories when it comes to this. You know, the bread of life is Jesus, right? So if you go to the Father and you ask for Jesus, He ain't going to give you something that's cold and dead and hard. That should be yes, amen. Praise God. He's also not going to come in verse in the next part of this where it says, and if you ask for a fish, He'll give you a serpent instead of the fish. Well, the allegories will come back and say, I had the spring and the, and the life of the water of the word. I'm not getting the thing with fangs that's going to, right? There's a reason why we put the little fisher of men, right, on the, back of our, on the back of our cars. How many people see those? I like the ones where, I like the, ones where the, the Christian fish is eating the Darwin fish. Those are really nice. I like that. But there's a, lot, there's a lot here that I could say about those allegories. But all this is basically meaning is that the Father is not going to give you something that He wouldn't call good. In fact, it says, If you ask for an egg, will He give you a scorpion? If you then, being evil, He's basically calling everybody out. He's going, Do you know that the word evil really just means destruction? It means you're destructive. It means that you have a destructive heart. It means you have a destructive soul. Believe me, there's plenty of people that are out there that seem just as nice, but they have some sort of destructive side to them. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that all men are evil all the time, but what I'm trying to say here is that compared to God, you're not as good, Okay. And it says here, and it says, if then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now, He didn't say, I'm going to give you some bread. That the Father's going to give you bread. He's not saying He's going to give you a fish. He said He was going to give us the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to tell you straight up, the Holy Spirit is a person that's a part of the Trinity. Now, some people believe that there's God the Father, there's God the Son, Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit is somewhere else. But do you know that the Holy Spirit is as much a part of God as Jesus is? He's a person. In fact, we've been doing this whole Holy Spirit series uh, with Myra and them on, on Sunday afternoons. 
It's been really powerful. There's been people that's been filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, We've seen some pretty awesome things that happen. I'm going to bring up one here in a minute. But one of the things that I wanted everybody to understand is that the Holy Spirit is what God is bringing. He didn't say, I'm going to bring you to heaven. Heaven's a good place. But how many people's read Revelations? Anybody? Anybody read Revelations? What happens in like the end of Revelations? Is heaven where everybody goes? No. Heaven is heaven is the new heaven and the new earth. And they're all one place. Do you know that when we have heaven and earth, the kingdom of God together in every single part of of our lives, you know that we can bring heaven here through the Holy Spirit. You know, the promise of God is yes and amen, but we have to ask for it, we have to want it, and we have to receive it. In fact, it says here in Acts 2.33, and they had, they had went, this is, this is Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, and it says, therefore bringing by the right hand of God exalted And having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. So the Holy Spirit came. They saw that there was signs and wonders and miracles. And it says here that it came as a promise. And it says just a few verses later, Acts chapter 2 verse 39 it says for the promise is unto you and your children and to all that there are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call I want you to understand something there are people out there you may not be one of them but there are people out there they're called cessationists they believe that after the word was put together that after Saint Jerome and all the other people put the 66 books together that there was no more Holy Spirit because the perfect thing came I got news for you. I got a Bible over here. We're in a church, probably should have a Bible somewhere, right? Do you know that that this book right here is, it's leather and it's paper and it's ink. Do you know that this, this right here alone doesn't do anything? Now, it may be, there may be some people that go, well, I disagree with that. Well, guess what? If you don't put this into practice, all these words mean nothing. If you don't read this and put it into practice, the words mean nothing. See, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. It says in John chapter 15 that he would send the Holy Spirit in order to teach us all things that have been taught. Do you know that when we have... The Holy Spirit, there are times where I don't even know what the word says. And all of a sudden, it's like it comes up on the inside of me. And I go, I got to go seek that out. It's in the word. I know it's in the word. I just don't know where it's at. Because the Holy Spirit himself is the promise. The Holy Spirit's the one that's teaching us and showing us these things. Let's go to the next slide. See, most of the time when we're going out and we're, 
We're trying to understand when we ask and we, we seek and we knock and we're trying to find all these things. Typically, we're trying to do it on our own. We're not asking by the Holy Spirit what to do next. What we're doing is we're just trying to find it on our own. And most of the time, if it doesn't happen to us in that 30 seconds that you go through the fast food in line, you kind of give up. Mark eleven twenty through 24. Most people have heard me teach this here, but it says in verse 20, it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up in the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now, I'm not going to scream as loud as I typically do when I do this one, okay? So y'all can... But I want you to understand that Jesus had seen a fig tree. He saw that he thought it had figs on it. He went to it. He went to go eat from it, and it had nothing. And he cursed it from the root. Now, let me, let me tell you. Peter had walked on water by this time, okay? Peter had fed the 5,000 by this time. They just left a temple the day before where the money changers were out there fleecing the people and Jesus flipped 500 pound tables end over end. How many people's flipped 500 pounds end over end? You know, I've pushed 500 pound things over. Have you ever been cow tipping? <laughs> if you ever do, make sure they're asleep, okay? Because sometimes they fight back. But anyway, but when you go to push something over, well, I can push 500 pounds over maybe. But Jesus grabs this table and he flipped it. You know what the other thing is? And everybody goes, oh, well, that, that's, that's awesome that Jesus flipped a 500 pound table. Well, you know what was even more awesome is there was probably 30 to 40 uh, temple guards with swords that would have cut him down. They would have absolutely just cut, his, cut, cut him until he died. There would have been no trial. There would have been no, no sacrifice. There would have been nothing. They would have just killed him because you desecrated the temple in their eyes. You know what he did? He walked straight through the middle of them. You want to talk about miracles. These guys, Peter lived through them. He walked through them every single day. And a fig tree was the dead one. That got him all riled up. Oh, master, look, the fig tree, it's dead, just like you said. You know what Jesus says to him? He turns to him because they're walking. Jesus ain't paying no attention to the fig tree. And he goes, have faith in God. Do you know that a lot of times I think God is going, have faith in me. You've seen so many awesome things in your life. But sometimes we forget. And the reason why we forget is for this one purpose. In verse 23, it says, For surely I say unto you, whoever says unto this mountain, whatever's coming against you, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Oh, man. How many people know that your heart's not where you love people from? Oh, I just love you with all my heart. Well, no, no, when you say I, I love you with all my heart, it means I, I believe in you. Because your heart is the cardia. It's the very most center part of you. It's where your core belief system is. 
It's like my core belief for my wife is, is that if somebody came and said she did something bad against me, it would take a lot. They'd have to have pictures. They'd have to have video. They'd have to have all this stuff because I've known this woman for 27 and a half years. I know her. My core belief is no, that's wrong. Do you know that God is telling us that we should have a different belief system if the first thing that we believe is doubt. I don't want any hands, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that hands will go up all over this place. How many people that when you've known something was right in the word, yet actually the moment that the word came to you, you went, well, that won't work for me. Maybe you hadn't ever believed, but there's been times where I'm believing for my health. I'm believing for for money to, to come in. I'm believing for something. I got to have it. I mean, when we were first married, we were so poor. I'm not talking about we were poor. We were poor. I got, I got back from our honeymoon, paid for it. Everything was great. We come back within two weeks. I was out of a job for two and a half months. You want to talk about trying to have some faith. Because when you got nothing to pay the bills... And God's just, you're believing every single day. You know what? We had a dot-com bomb. We had all these different problems that was going on in our economy. I couldn't find a job. I was literally going to places like Walmart and going, hey, can I just stock shelves? You know what? God supplied all of our needs according to his riches and glory, which is Philippians 4.19. And it came in and, and God kept supplying But do you know there was many days I woke up and I doubted whether or not we were going to be able to pay the bills. Do you know that when Jesus says there's this mountain that can't be moved, he didn't come back and go, go get a shovel. He said right here, he said, and don't doubt in your heart. That means you've got a deficit in your core belief system if doubt is the first thing that comes to you means you haven't really put in the word. You haven't taken the time with the Holy Spirit. In fact, it says, but believes those things which which things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. That doesn't mean I'm believing and I'm waiting to receive them. I believe that I just received. It it would be about like, you know, by the way, I went and got my guitar this week. Praise God. Hallelujah. Angels sang when I saw it. I mean, it was, ah. Do you know that that I've been looking for a Honey Burst Telecaster? And I go into the store and I'm like, I want a professional too. I want all this the deluxe model, blah, blah, blah. I go in, the guy goes, oh, I've got one for you. I've got one. And he pulls out all the guitars and he goes, well, no, I don't have one for you. I'm over at Bailey and I've dealt with them all my life ever since I was like 12 years old. We went to Bailey Brothers. Do you know that, that when I told the guy, because he knew me, and he goes, he goes, I've got something that's better than all of these guitars and it's exactly what you're looking for. He goes, but it's going to be an ultra lux. And I went, oh, an ultra lux. 
And I'm going to give it to you for the price that, that you were going to pay for the, the professional too. So he brings the thing out. I opened the box up and it was, oh, the angels were singing. Do you know that when that started happening, do you know that, that I didn't go, I didn't go, I've never seen a guitar like this. Do you know that when I was praying and I told the Lord, I said, I want, I want another guitar just because I wanted one. And he started putting it in my heart. And what I wanted, I saw a picture of it. Do you know that I saw that picture online? Do you know that when I received it was at the house sitting on the couch at like 11 or 30 at night? I said, I'm getting that guitar. That is my guitar. Do you know that when I went to Bailey Brothers and he opens the box and it's the ultra lux and I'm looking at this thing, it's even better than what I had received. Now, I give you that picture because I want you to understand something. We don't, we don't just go out and buy something or do something just because. Like, I'm just happen, I happen to walk down the street and all of a sudden I come up and it's like, there's a guitar, I'm just going to go buy the guitar. No. We sit there and we, we fantasize about it. We think about it. We we put it in our mind. We, we mull it over. We think about the little details and everything that is going to happen. Do you know that in every single instance, when we believe and we receive, it's because we've taken the time to actually imagine what is about to happen. What is it that you want to be removed from your life? You know that when it says here, therefore I say unto you whatsoever things when you ask, when, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Do you know that, that the doubt that we have is usually the, the, the deficit of love like Heather was talking about? Well, God really wouldn't want me to have that. And I'm not just talking about physical things. What about family things? What if you've been estranged from a, a child or, or from a parent or from a friend? Or there's issues that are going on in your marriage or there's issues that are happening in, in your job. Well, that, that's, that's too trivial for God. You know, God knows that every hair on my head, and I'm making it easier and easier for Him every single day. Do you know that God knows your hairs on your head it's not trivial if you want it if you want to if you want to receive a healing if you want to to have something removed out of your life hey you may be sitting there going i smoke cigarettes and i don't want to do that anymore do you know that i actually i and heather helped me out with this too but i actually dipped tobacco when we first met and i got i got so you know how I got hooked on it? I had coaches that actually gave it to me when I played football. You know what happened? Is that it became such a part of me that when I went to go try to remove it just on my own, I couldn't do it. But do you know that after I gave it over to the Lord and I said, this is what I really want to receive. I really want to get rid of this. You know, I haven't had, I have not had any tobacco whatsoever in almost 26 years. 
Now that's not. I'm not saying. Well, you know, Dusty, you're, you know, you're the you're the one in a million. No, I've known plenty of people that have been set free in their life. Do you know? It says here in John chapter 14, verse 12. It says, "Verily I say unto you." No, he says, "Verily, verily." Do you know what "verily, verily" means here? You know what Jesus is trying to portray to you? It'd be like it'd be like, "Believe me." No, 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 no. Michael, believe me, okay? I know this is going to sound crazy, but I want you to believe me. Brock, I know you don't believe me, but I want you to believe me. You know that when it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me will do the works that I do. He shall also do greater works than, than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Now, let me ask you a question. Jesus did some pretty awesome works, right? So, I mean, if I needed to get rid of something in my life, or if I needed something to happen in my life, or I needed something to change in my life, well, Jesus was the changer. He went out and people would have the issue of blood. A woman had the issue of blood for all of her life just about. And she walks up and she grabs the hem of his garment and she's completely healed. Well, you know, that changed her life. I mean, think about that for just a minute. For the rest of, for all of her life, she'd spent all of her fortune, all of her money. In fact, a lot of people go, oh, she was rich. No, no, no. It just says fortune. That word fortune means that she spent all of her money. Whatever she got, that's what she put her money into, was to try to get rid of the issue that was happening in her body. How many people put, put stuff out Thousands and thousands of dollars to try to get rid of pains and aches and take drugs and do all this other stuff. Hey, I don't need a hand. I know it happens. I know it happens. Now, Jesus went around and he would do all these things. But he said, hey, I got to go to the Father. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, you're going to do even greater things than I did. Jesus only did great things for three and a half years. Think about how many years we've been on the planet. One of the things that I was going to, I'm going to bring up, and I'm not going to get into lots of detail, but last week we were doing the Holy Spirit series, and I have several people that are here that can corroborate everything that happened. So you can think I'm crazy, but they've got to be crazy with me, okay? But we were praying for people and people were getting set free and, and going into, you know, um, they were being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was an awesome, awesome time. And there was this little girl that was there and she wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit too. And we go to pray for her and I'm praying over her and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, she has devils. And I was sitting there going, Huh? And Holy Spirit said, yeah, you got you to cast them out. And I was like, Lord, I don't know if I want to do this right now. How many people have known there's things I don't want to do right now, like take out the trash? There's, I want to go, uh, you know, I, wanna, I have to go cut the grass. We got to go trim the bushes. That was the feeling I got is, oh, my God, I got to go do some work. Do you know that this girl looks at me and she had eyes as green as Y'all's shirts in here from St. Patrick's Day. 
God is my witness, guys. You can go ask Sonia, you can go ask Vicky, you can go ask my wife. This happened. And I just, it was, I just said, come out in the name of Jesus. Come out of her in Jesus' name. And I mean, we're praying and all of a sudden she just starts convulsing and coughing and do it. I mean, it was, it was literally like if you turn on the 1980s, the exorcist, it was, it was like that. And we prayed over her for a long time. I don't even know what the, the time was going by, but the Holy Spirit, I, I, you know, what popped up because we were praying for such a long time was this thing's not going to go. And then there was a little bit of doubt that came up and said, hey, are you sure we're going to be able to get her free? You know what the Holy Spirit said? He said, this ain't about you. This is about her. And the moment that happened, I said, you tell it to leave right now. And she couldn't speak. She was, she was mute. She was dumb. She could not speak. And I said, let go of her tongue in the name of Jesus. And she started saying, go get out of me. It was so powerful. It was so, it was so life-changing because she looked at me and her eyes were as blue as my shirt. And she said, I'm free. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You had talked to me five, six, seven, eight years ago. I'd have told you, well, that's a, that's a bunch of horse hockey. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'd have told you I've never seen it happen. I've never you know, been around it and never seen any of it. Well, you know what? It's happened to me twice now. And in both instances, the people have been completely changed in the split second that they said, in Jesus' name, I accept you over this devil. You know, one of the things that I wanted you to understand is, is that sometimes our doubt will get in the way. It'll get in the way of trying to get somebody else taken care of in their life. How many people go, well, I don't want to work that hard for her, or I don't want to pray for people that way. Well, you know what? That's why we don't see people being set free is because we're not willing to go take the time to go get, go get in their mess. Because we live in a scientific world. Oh, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Oh, it does. I was talking to my friend Al back here and he'd been to Thailand, right? And he had seen it happen. I've been to South America. I've been to all these different places. And you know what happens when we get out of our Western scientific ideas? People actually go, I got to deal with something in the spirit. Not just, well, give me another pill or go put them on some sort of depression medicine. You know that everybody that has devils, we probably just give them a depression medicine. And it doesn't help them. It doesn't actually do anything for them because they're, they're retaining the devil. I believe that a good portion of our young people are just filled with devils out here and we don't have the wherewithal and the, and the force to go and just say, in Jesus' name, come out of them. In fact, we want to feed it. Oh, let, let's just, let's feed it more. 
You know what? If you if you think I'm crazy, I'm fine with it. There's the door. Y'all get, anybody that doesn't want to believe this, go, go on. I'm fine with it. But you know what? I'm going to see young people being set free. I'm going to see young people come to Jesus because I don't care. I'm tired of seeing them kill themselves. You know this little girl? You know that she cut herself. She had all these marks all over her arms and, and her legs. And you know why? It's because there is the spirit of Baal that is out there in the world. What happened when Elijah called fire down from heaven right before? He said, yeah, you bring your priests of Baal in. And what did they do to try to, to get the devils? What did they do? Did anybody know that story? They cut themselves. Do you know why? It's the only way that they could feel normal. It's the only way they could feel close to their devil. So they would just cut themselves. See, that nothing's new. And I, I want people to I want people to know that you do have the authority to speak over these demons. You have the authority to say in the name of Jesus, I'm having a mountain removed in Jesus' name. Go to the next slide. You know, one of the ways that we do this is we seek and we find is that we is, you know, we we have to go back to the Holy Spirit and ask him questions. In fact, it says in Matthew 6, 33, it says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you for. And it says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will have its own worries sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, used to, I just used to think, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go and ask God for stuff. You know that Heather and I have applied this in our lives. I've told this story a couple, a couple weeks ago, but Kaylee was having problems with her stomach. And we went back and we asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show us what the problem is. And as we're praying for this, Kaylee's rubbing this stuff on her back that was for acne. You know that Heather's praying about this and I'm agreeing and we're laying hands on Kaylee and, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just told Heather, what's that stuff in her hand and why is she put, what is she doing with it? We, we looked at the back of it. We looked it up. Do you know in 12% of girls in her age, age, age range, it's kind of a tongue twister for me, but do you know that in those 12% of girls, it would cause nausea and vomiting? You know, she quit using it and immediately, immediately, her nausea and vomiting started going away. Do you know why? Because we saw it first. Well, we actually saw it later, but, but we, we went back to the Lord and said, what does the kingdom say about this? Do you know that they've wanted to put me on medicines before? And I've said, I'm just getting a check in my spirit. And I go back home and I say, no, I'm not going to take that. You know, my doctor put me on this thing that it was supposed to be for blood pressure. And basically my heart started skipping beats. You know what? They call it practicing medicine because they're practicing on you. <laughs> but see, that... Everybody goes, well, I trust the doctor because they went to school for like nine years. Doesn't that, I mean, I went to school for a long, long time, 11 years. Do y'all trust me more than anybody else? I mean, 
you know, I'm trying to understand how, you know, I can go look and say, well, hey, how many people have got educations from a college in here? Well, then I'm going to give them more of my time than I'm going to give other people. And that's the way that we do it. We, we go out and we go, oh, well, they've got to know. Well, you know what? They'll also kill you. They'll put, they'll put you under bondage. There's plenty of people who have six and seven and eight, nine and 10 and 12. And I had an aunt that before she passed away, she had just tons of, of medications that she was on. You know why? Because all they know to do is let's try that. There was a, a Star Trek that was, that was out back in 2009. It was like they remade it. And there was this thing where they're trying to get Captain Kirk out of jail. And they're trying to get him onto this like transport. So they, to keep him from, from like getting, uh, you know, so they didn't understand, he hit him with this medicine and it made his face blow up. Well, then he goes, the doctor bones, he goes, oh, I can fix that with this drug. And he goes, Psh! and all of a sudden the face goes down, but his hands pop out and they're like huge, like balloons. And he goes, oh, I can fix that. And he goes, Psh! and by the time he's going, I can't breathe. And he goes, oh, I can fix that. Psh! And he kept doing it over and over and over and over. And eventually he was like, just stop. Bones just stop. Well, you know what? That's, it, was a, it was a funny little scene in a movie. But do you know that that's the way that that happens in our own lives? Is most of the time we go, well, I have a problem with my sinuses. And, well, go take a pill. I go take a pill. And it's like, well, then I'm having dryness. Go take this other pill in order to have the dryness go away. You know, my wife did this over and over and over again. Because they were like, well, just take a Zyrtec. Well, then go take this for the dryness. And then go take... And by the time you got done... You were dry in some places and wet in others and you had issues all over. I mean, it was bad. You know why? It's because we were just trying to stop a stuffed up nose. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but eventually she was like, the stuffed up nose was better than what I'm getting now. And it says, but seek first the kingdom of God so that I can understand what to do next. In Acts 5.14, it says, uh, in 5.14, it says, And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes, both men and women, so that they were brought, uh, so they brought the sick out, of the, out into the streets and laid uh, them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall upon some of them. Also, the multitudes gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing their sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. In the last 2,000 years, has things changed a lot? Do we believe that, well, science has showed us that we don't have unclean spirits, and science has shown us that we don't have this. Well, you know what? Science has shown us nothing. In fact, the more I've studied science... Which, by the way, I have a master's degree in computer engineering. I think I've actually taken a lot of sciences, okay? In none of those, none of those classes and none of those researches do they actually deal with the spirit. They deal with the physical, the material. Do you know that when we deal with just the material, then you're not dealing with the roots sometimes. Now, are there times where it is just a physical thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
But see, that's why we have to seek first the kingdom of God is to understand, am I attacking this physically or am I attacking this spiritually? Even believers bring troubles. That's why we need a shepherd. We need, we need Jesus. He was the one that was going to bring about the balance. Go to the next slide. We're almost done here. So knocking on the door and it will open. John 10. This one's one of my favorite ones. Because I started finding out that I was my own enemy sometimes. And that makes a, that makes a whole lot of sense that I can do something about it. I can either physically do something about it, I can spiritually do something about it, I can mentally do something about it. In John 10, 3, it says, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear my voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, Jesus called himself the doorkeeper. Do you know why? Because back in these days, and you can go online, you can look this up, but they would actually take caves, and they would take pens, and they would build these walls, and they would make it to where all the sheep, when, it, when there was rain or there was issues, they would corral them into an area and the shepherd would lay himself in the doorway. He would become the threshold, if you will. So nothing went in without going past him and nothing went out without going past him. So Jesus is showing, hey, I'm the shepherd here. I'm putting myself into a place to where I know what's coming in and what's going out. And it says, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the shepherd uh, follows him, for they know his voice. Uh-oh. That means that, that the shepherd, when he speaks, those sheep, they know, they know my, my voice over other people's voices. You know why that matters? It's because back in those days, you might have 5, 10, 15 shepherds that took thousands of sheep and they put them all in one area. And they, were, they didn't mark them. They didn't have a way to mark them. But because they, the shepherds stayed with the sheep all the time, they would all be corralled up into an area. And those shepherds would be protecting them from wolves and, and the rain and all the different things. And the moment that it was time for them to leave, the shepherd would go, Hey, sheep, come with me. And so a couple hundred sheep would break out of the pack and just start following him. It'd be like, well, how do, how do they know? Because sheep know their shepherd's voice. They know who their protector is. And when the other guy would go, hey, sheep, come with me. They'd go, that ain't, my, that ain't the voice of my shepherd. That's not my protector. See, this is important for us to understand the differences because there's a shepherd out there called Jesus and he's calling us by the Holy Spirit and we need to hear his voice so that we can go the right path. <coughs> Excuse me. In verse 5 it says, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know his vo the voice of a stranger. Jesus used this illustration but they did not understand the things which he just spoke to them. Do you know why? It's because he didn't go and explain that part of it. Plus, the Holy Spirit was not talking to them at that point. You know what? After Pentecost, I bet Peter went, Whoa, I now know 
who the shepherd's voice is. And I know what the devil sounds like. You know, I have the devil talk to me all the time. How many people, how many people think the devil talks to you? Okay. No, nobody? Only two or three people? Man, y'all are some awesome people. That's great. How many, how many people have went, man, if I could just get my hands on them? How many people have said, if I could just go and, if I, if I, if I could rule the world? Do you know what? That was Satan's voice. Whenever you, whenever, whenever the Holy Spirit goes, don't do that, and then you keep pushing through, that's when you've gotten into the, the realm of Satan giving you a suggestion. Oh, don't look at me that way, guys. I know it happens. I know it happens because it happens to me. Hey, I was going down the road. We were going over to Walmart. And this person's backing out. And, and I'm going up through there and I almost hit them. And they're backing out and they keep backing out. And I'm like, they're about to hit me. I lay down the horn. Well, then, you know, it went from, hey, hey, don't hit me to, by God, don't you back up anymore. You know, I, I kicked it over into the, the other gear. I went from I went from protection to I'm gonna get out there and beat this dude's tail. Don't act like don't act like that you haven't thought that way. You know what? I got a gun in this car. <laughs> I mean, those are the kind of things that that you go, you go, whoa, wait a minute, I gotta I gotta back up. Holy Spirit, woo, help me out. I mean, I'm just telling you that, look, do y'all want me to lie to you and just go, well, you know, my life is perfect and I never have, an, I never have one little issue. Well, you know what? Then I, I'd shut this place down because I need this just as much as y'all do. Because this is the truth is that when Satan starts talking to you, you got to go, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Stop, Dusty, stop. Don't do it. It says here, then Jesus said unto the again, most assuredly, that means I am doubling down, guys. I'm not just telling you the truth. I'm telling you the good stuff here. It says, and I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Whoa. I just went from being the, the shepherd to now I'm the gate. I'm the actual door. I don't let things in or out. Nothing can get past me. And it says here, all, in verse 8, it says, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Wait a minute, I used to think it was just Satan that was a thief and robber. Well, no, no, I can, I can tell you, there's been plenty of times in my own life where it was like, I can get this done on my own. Jesus, just give me, just make the path, I'll get it done. You know that, that I start trying to rob not just who I am in Christ Jesus, but I rob myself, I rob my family, I rob my friends, I rob all these people because what ends up happening is, is that I don't go to the shepherd. I just say, Jesus, get out of my way. So I start robbing everything. But the sheep did not hear them. So it says, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me 
are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and I will go in and out and find pastures. So you have to understand is that when we get saved, now Jesus gives us this ability for us to go, hey, is this a good place to go feed? Is this good things for me to think about? Are these good things that I'm supposed to be doing? See, he starts giving us the, the doorway called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is constantly talking to us. We don't know because a lot of times people go, you know, I had a, a, I had a friend of mine, he's a doctor, and he goes, you know, because I give everybody, if you ever want to hear the Holy Spirit's voice, I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it, okay? Y'all want to know how? Tomorrow morning, get up early, go turn on some praise and worship in a room by yourself, and let the praise and worship just be playing, and you say, Holy Spirit, show me something. Tell me something. You know what? You'll hear something. You know what he told me? He goes, well, I couldn't tell because it just sounded like me. And I was going, well, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That means that himself and yourself went. <clears throat> it's like Play-Doh. Have you ever taken Harper and them love to do this? We buy Play-Doh and we get red and we get green and we get brown. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's just one big mush of. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's just, ugh. Well, do you know that when all that happens, the first thing that happens in your mind is, well, that's just me. Well, does it line up with the Word? If it lines up with the Word, then it's the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, and you and Him are like this. So when you hear something, you're like, well, that's the way I would say it. Well, does it match up with the word? Well, then you just heard from the Holy Spirit. And it says here, in, ver in verse 10, it says, The thief doesn't, does not come except to kill, steal, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And that's where I'm going to end it, right there. Do you know that I want you to understand is that if it's not life, then it's not Jesus. If it's, if it's kill, steal, or destroy, it's not God. Okay? Who is it? It's the devil. So you have to understand that in your own, that your own life, you have some dividing lines. You have some things where you can say, that does not sound like what the Holy Spirit would say. You know that that's so simple when you, just, when you just think about it from the perspective of what would Jesus do? You remember the old WWJD, you wore it around, everybody had them. We used to have youth groups and they just had it everywhere. And it was like, oh, this is, this is great. You know, what would Jesus do? Typically, you'd find out that they weren't doing anything Jesus was doing. <laughs> but you would find out that they didn't understand you would go talk to them and you go, why did you do that? Well, it was like, well, it felt good. Okay, well, that was number one. Uh, so then we did it and now I can't get out of it. What does that sound like? If you feel like you're in a prison or you feel ashamed, in fact, I want everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed. 
Do you know that if you feel, if you feel like you're in a, a prison or you've been caught up in something that you've not been able to get out of your life, then guess what? You're not caught up in something God wants you to do. You're caught up in something Satan wants from you. And Satan wants to, wants to trap you and to keep you from ever doing anything for, him, for Jesus. So what he's going to do is he's going to come and he's going to wrap your mind, your will and your emotions, and he's going to keep you from the things that God's trying to get to you. And the Holy Spirit is saying today, all you have to do is go, Holy Spirit, get me out of this. It's that simple. Now, you may have to go apologize to some people because you went and you beat them up over a, a parking spot. Or you went and you said something bad to your parents or you said something bad to a friend. And you've broken those bonds. So you might have to go mend some fences. But do you know that you can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens you? That means you can go and you can apologize. By the way, if you've ever wronged somebody, you need to learn to apologize. Jesus wants you free. Jesus wants you to be in Him so the, and he wants you to follow what the kingdom of God says rather than what the world says. Right now, I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just pray over each and every person that's at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, there are areas in their lives where they're going... I need to be able to speak up and speak out. I need to be able to say in Jesus' name, these issues are gone out of my life. That I am health, that by Christ Jesus' stripes, I am healed. That I need to, to, to speak unto, unto demonic forces that are going on in my life or that are going on in other people's life and I need to cast them away. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you're giving them the strength and the courage to stand up and to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm going to change the way I see life. I'm going to change my heart to where I, I no longer doubt, but that I love. That I no longer fear, but that I go forth in the name of Jesus and I do what you are calling me to do. Father, I pray over each and every person as they go forth in their week. Give them peace, give them joy, but also give them the courage to be able to do the things that you're calling them to do. Help them to speak up and speak out. Take their authority. In fact, I want everybody to say, I am blessed. I, am blessed. I can do all things, things. through Christ Jesus. That strengthens me. In Jesus' name, we just thank you. I pray over this food that we're about to receive, may it nourish our bodies. I thank you, dear Lord, for a good time of fellowship. I ask you bless it. Be with us as we go in our week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be down here at the front. You're dismissed. Thank you.